invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning we're going to be looking at John 3.16, a familiar verse, a verse that some of you would have learned from childhood. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When a death such as we've experienced in our congregation touches us unexpectedly, it sends us into a, a spiritual and mental, emotional freefall. And there's so many questions that bombard our minds and you don't know what to hold on to and where your feet will, will land. And that's why it's helpful to have, and at these times of grief and times of difficulty, to have those familiar passages memorized and learned so that even when you can't think clearly, the Spirit can use these, these glorious words to uphold us and to guide us. What a treasure when you don't know what to say. We can, we can fall back to these enduring truths that we've learned from childhood onward. And as we, we look at God's word this morning, amidst the grief, amidst the sorrow and the pain, we can listen to God's word and learn again. How the gospel, the good news of God's grace, is a gospel, is good news, in a time of grief. When a young man dies so unexpectedly, one of the, the most difficult questions we need to wrestle with is why? Why has this happened? Why now? Why so young? Why him? God's word reminds us that that. There are ways to face this why question, these why questions, these struggles that we have to make sense out of what is going on in life. And the way to work through this, the way to wrestle through this, the way to, to process this is, is to recognize that, that some of the whys are, are known only to God. But that doesn't mean we're left without answers, we're left without hope, we're left without help. God has revealed this word to us to teach us what to hold on to in times when, when the why questions can't be answered and can't be understood and can't be fathomed. In the midst of all the bad news, it's an opportunity for us to, to go again, to, to, to have this, this verse come to us like a, a parachute that stops the free fall and assures us of the safety, the safety and the security that is found in God's love. In the midst of the, the gloom of grief, to recognize that the only light that can, can shine through this gloom is the light of the gospel. The good news that is so briefly, clearly, and purposefully summoned for us in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. As we look at this passage this morning, as God, by his spirit, ministers this grace to our grieving souls, we can listen to, to what God says, and he speaks of his manner of love. He speaks of his expression of love and the, the promise of his love. So those are the three things we're going to consider this morning, his manner, his expression, and his promise of love. 
Listen to what God says, his manner of love. The focus of this first phrase, for God so loved the world, is those two letters, that two-letter word, so. So. That's his manner. In other words, what, what God is saying is, I love the world in this way. This is the way that you can know my love. This is the way that you can be assured of my love. God's love comes to us in a world that is broken, and God expresses and, and God shows his, his manner of love, not by taking away the bumps and the bruises. He loves the world not by removing the occasions of pain and suffering. But he loves the world with the gift of his son. And sometimes this doesn't compute. It doesn't add up. We, we can't make sense of it because for us, it, it feels on, on this side of glory, it feels like it would, it would be more loving if everything were perfect, if everything were pure, if everything were wholesome. If we didn't have to deal with the sorrow of losing someone we love. But you know, God did that once. He created the world in that condition. And Adam willfully chose to destroy it. And the problem with that sort of thinking, that if, if perfect would, would be a provision for experiencing God's love, the reality is, is none of us would have a place in that sort of world. We don't belong there. It doesn't fit us because we're sinners. We've been plagued with that, that reality that we've inherited from our first father. And the focus on this, this little world as, as this is all that you cling to. Notice these ropes. It's these, this two-letter word for God so loved the world. For us to remember that, that when such sorrowful events take place, it's not because God's love is diminished it's not because God's love is small. It's not because God's love has been shortchanged for some particular reason. Some people have that notion, well, oh, if God loved us, he wouldn't allow bad things to happen to us. How can a God who loves us allow such pain? to counter that temptation, to accuse God's love of being too small. We need to resist and we need to understand God's expression of love. And that secondly, God loved the world, so loved the world, he, he took this manner of love for the world that he gave his only, only begotten son. God shows his love to you, to me, to the Kaiser family in the midst of grief by reminding us and assuring us that he sent his son. God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son, which meant sending him into a world that was racked with pain and suffering as a result of sin. God's expression of love is found in this glorious gift 
because not only did he send him into this world, but he actually gave him over to death. Jesus knew this when he was talking with Nicodemus. He was sent by the Father, given to us, so that he would be lifted up. Lifted up in death. This is his expression of love. It's a parent's worst nightmare to hear that something has happened to one of their children. And yet the father, he knew. And he looked upon his creation and his image bearers who were swamped in their sin and misery. And God knew that, that when he gave his son, he needed to die in our place. A son, his son, a son that was perfect in all that he did. A son that was pure in his relationship with his father. A son who had no guilt, who had no taint of sin. A son who had been united to him in the most dear and loving relationship from eternity in the Trinity. In that covenant bond with the Father. Not just any son, his son, his only begotten son, who was unique from anything else, who was never created, but from all ex eternity existed in that perpetual relationship of love. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? as he calls us again to recognize the relationship of the Father and the Son, and he says, God so loved the world. He loved the world in this manner. And you want to understand, you want to, you want to feel the embrace of his love. You, you want to, to be upheld in that love. It's not taking away the pain and the suffering, but seeing again that he, he hasn't left us in our condition, but he gave his only Son. That's a love that we, we celebrate in the Incarnation. in the wonder of, of that gift of Jesus Christ. That's it captured in the, that word of giving. He gave us his son. So if the ropes that, that go around our shoulder that stop us in the free fall, they're connected to the, the wonderful parachute of the Son and his expression of love. The design is so that in his death we might know life, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And that thirdly is the promise, the promise of love. The promise for no, those who know the love of God and his Son is eternal life. And whoever believes in him should not perish. Now we need to be careful with those words, should not perish. It's not as though there's some contingency. It's not as though there's some mistake. It, it's it's the, the negation. It, it's actually an absolute certainty. 
That greater than the physical death is the, the spiritual death that we inherit from Adam. And that is overcome by the gift of his son. And the promise is that, that the father will look upon the son and all that he does and his death and his being lifted up upon the cross. And the father will say, that's enough. I'm satisfied. My justice is cleared. Sinners now can be reconciled through the work of Jesus Christ. And that's the promise. The promise of eternal life. And Jesus prays about this in John 17, that, that eternal life is knowing the Son and knowing the Father who has sent him, calling us again this morning to cling to that promise that in the midst of death, there is life. And it's not a, a temporary life that is, is going to be snatched away from us or, or plucked out of our hands. It's an eternal life that no one can take, that no accident can stop. An eternal life that is secure and safe. It's that assurance of pardon that now we can be assured because of the righteous work of Jesus Christ. There's not going to be a change of verdict when we come before God and his judgment. Now, now, in Jesus Christ, there's life there is now no condemnation. That means we need to look at death differently. For the one who believes in Jesus Christ, death is not the end of life. Death is a doorway a doorway to eternity. <clears throat> Sometimes when you have a young person die on a Saturday, coming to worship on a Sunday, seems so out of place, so hard. And yet that's the privilege, isn't it? No matter who dies, they've been ushered in as a believer in Jesus Christ. If they die as a believer in Jesus Christ, they've been, been ushered in to the most glorious, grand worship of all, into the presence of God Almighty. That as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a child of God, we can be confident because of Derek's profession. And now he is worshiping in the presence of the Father through the work of Jesus Christ. And his life isn't over. It's been renewed and in all of its wholeness he's there in the presence of the Father, singing with the angels and the saints who have passed before him, glorifying God and praising him with us. And our worship is not a disruption, but our worship is a reflection to recognize. And in the time of grief, there is eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. In the free fall of an unexpected death, we're surrounded and upheld by the love of a father who knows our pain and says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. May God minister this word of grace in the midst of grief to help us to recognize and hold on to a father who loves us. And in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be a propitiation for our sins. The problem is not in asking why. Why now? Why this young man? problem is not in asking why. But in the midst of the free fall of those whys, God calls us. Where do you look for answers? Is figuring out what happened? Is thinking that if the schedule had been changed? Or are we approaching God's word and saying, Father, Show us your love now. How do we expect to know and experience the love of the Father? Not in taking these pains away, but in using this time of trial to draw us near, to show us in a broken, grieving world. This gospel, this gospel brings grace and shows love to those who are in need. If you doubt the Father's love, if you doubt the Father's control, if you doubt the Father's goodness, go back to this basic verse. God so loved the world in this manner, not by our perception, but by his revelation that he gave. As the most precious gift that he had to offer, he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. A life with the Father that never ends. What a safe gospel to uphold us. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, all we have to offer this morning are heavy, grief-stricken hearts. But we're thankful that your gospel is good. It is refreshing. It is encouraging that your love isn't determined by the circumstances in our lives. It is determined by the gift of your Son. 
that you could have loved us in so many different ways, but you have chosen and you have deemed it fit from eternity to use this method of showing your love to us in the gift of your only begotten Son. That the summons and the promise for us as we walk this veil of tears and prepare for our own death is the promise of eternal life. Thank you for this privilege of worshiping you. Thank you for this foretaste of heaven itself where we will see the fullest manifestation of your love. Lord, uphold us in this time through this week and help us. Help us to encourage one another with the basics of the gospel truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.